Yes, people, welcome back to a special little edition of North London 40. My Woo! name is James Hamlin. Woo! Woo! That's three Ric Flair woos for you right there. My name's Inye Benigo. So, we, this week, we are being blessed with the visit of two professional NFL teams, the St. Louis Rams and the New England Patriots, which we're totally excited about. So we wanted to use this opportunity to create a special little pod for lots of you out there that have been asking us questions about the game, people that we know are going to the game, they may be only going to one game a year, and don't fully understand exactly what's going on in the NFL, and want to take a little bit of time to understand a little bit more about their watching. Hopefully they can use this game as a little bit of a springboard to watch more NFL games. So we thought we'd take this opportunity just to go into a little bit more detail, maybe bore things down a little bit, and maybe talk about some of the things you can expect to see at Wembley this mm-hmm. weekend, and some of the things hopefully you can take into your understanding of the sport. Yeah. So let's get started. We have a game in the NFL at Wembley on Sunday, I guess the question we could start off with is, why? Well, quite simply, James, the NFL wants to expand itself. The NFL is America's sport. Baseball is written, and for the past 50, 60 years, has always been known as America's sport, but any true individual knows that the NFL is that sport. And the NFL's been trying to branch itself out internationally over the past couple of years. It started off in Mexico, but more recently, they started playing one game, one regular season game in London each year. And this is the 2012 year. The sixth year, as we said on the pod, there's two games next year. This is getting bigger. So now's a chance to really start to understand some of this stuff. The amount of people that I've told that I like NFL, and they say, yeah, that's great, just don't have a clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that. So, you're about to watch a game this weekend involving two squads of 53 players a squad. Yep. Why do they have so many players? Why not? True. Well, the reason why they have 53 players is because, well, that's the NFL-mandated roster size, but it's also to cover the different positions that each player plays. So, in an NFL game, you will have 11 players from each team on the field at any given time. And these players will swap a lot. Yes. It's not like substitute. We'll use some analogies for football and rugby, Mm -hmm. in case some of you want to use that as a yardstick. But it's not like football where substitutions come on and they stay on. Mm -hmm. People will come off and on a lot. Yes. In situations of the game. This is why the sport is great for fat men. Right. Short bursts of energy. Yep. So, as I said, the, you have 11 players on the field from each team, and they there are three different phases of the game. You'll have one team on offense, and then you'll have one team on defense. And the two teams that are playing this weekend, the team that has the better offense is, of course, the New England Patriots. They're led by their quarterback, Tom Brady, and one of this pod's favorite players of all time, Gronk. 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 <laughs> there you go. Gronk. So, while one team is on the field uh, playing on offense, you'll have another team playing defense. And that, that'll mean there are 22 players on the field at one time. But there is also a third phase of the game, which is called special teams, and that involves what exactly, James? So, special teams involves a situation of the game where 
Possession is transitioning between defence and offence. Teams are kicking to each other to exchange possession of the ball. Or teams are kicking to each other after one of them scored. It generally involves kicking. Yep. One of the teams is kicking <laughs> into each other. And different players come in with that part of the game. Mm-hmm. The offence is called as such because they have the ball. They have the ball and they are trying to offend the other people yes. by scoring a touchdown. By scoring, not flicking fingers or Vs or anything of that exactly, nature. Exactly, exactly. Kick me signs. They are trying to do that. And whereas the team playing defence is trying to defend their goal line, a.k.a. their end zone. Yeah. It's very militaristic. It is. It is. If you imagine, it is two teams marching down against each other, down the field, to not only get into their opposition's end zone to score a touchdown, but also to gain possession, so to increase the chances of them being able to score more touchdowns and score more points as they get closer to that other person's end zone. So in a game of American football, you will see two teams basically trying to gain as much yardage as they can against each other. The more yardage you get, the closer to the opposition's end zone you get, the more points you get. It's generally as simple as that. Mm -hmm. However, there are lots of aspects about American football and the NFL that aren't particularly simple. Now, we call it the NFL. The NFL is the National Football League. Mm. Football is the sport. We call it American football because we already have our football. But we can class it as the NFL because it is such a leading organization globally. There's lots and lots of complicated rules. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess what we'd say to... Especially to the newcomers, don't get too bogged down in those. Yeah. There's lots of rules that, even though we are the experts, we don't even know how they work. Mm-hmm. There is multiple referees playing at any one time, penalising players from all sorts of things that they do, from the simple to the sublime to the ridiculous. And the advice we'd give, especially if maybe this is your first game... Don't get too bogged down in that. But what the referees do, which is very useful, and referees don't do this in Premier League football, after a player is Mm penalised, they will announce to the crowd on a loudspeaker as to why they are penalising those players. So I wouldn't get too bogged down in trying to analyse why they've done it, but they will explain to you why those things can't happen. Yeah. Great way to follow it. So, it does add, unfortunately, it is a sport that can stop and start a lot. Mm. The advice we will give to you is to say, use the breaks in the game to drink. Yep. Ask a person next to you that maybe knows a little bit more about the NFL exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Watch your phone, do do whatever you do. But there's ample Check op- Twitter. Check Twitter. There's ample opportunity between what are called plays. Every time the teams are doing something, it's called a play. And in a sense, between each play, a team has 30 seconds to then all regroup in what is called a huddle. And a huddle is such, you'll see each team on the offense and defense getting in a huddle. I think Mm -hmm. we know what that is. And they're getting together. They're receiving a play from their coaches on the sidelines. Often through a headpiece. Often through a headpiece through the quarterback. A play which is basically telling everybody... In a sense, right, you run there, you run there, you block him, I'm going to throw it to him. Everybody mm-hmm. cool with that? Okay, great. They tell each other. 
it's not the most spontaneous of sports. You may see rugby teams as they have, they're getting the ball in dead play, they're calling out plays, they're talking about formations, things they're going to do, plays they're going to run. American football is very, very structured. Yes. The coaches themselves play a much, much greater role than in a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. Because in every action that happens, they are instructing the players exactly what to do. The better players they then have will then be able to execute what they want quicker. Yep. And to a more effective end result. But on offense and defense, they are telling these players, okay, we want you to do this Mm -hmm. because we think the opposition is going to do X, you do Y, we think it's all going to work. Yeah. The closest football equivalent, I would say, would be Roy Hodgson and his approach to football in terms of tying all the players on one string and then making them move together as one formation. Uh, Is the closest, I think, to an NFL team, actually. Very tactical. It's probably... Harry Redknapp probably wouldn't have been a great American football coach. No, not at all. Um, Because it's very technical, telling people exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Another thing when people see American football, there's lots of people that are very, very fat. Yes. Why is that? Well, you would say it's because of the food. You would say... (laughs) (laughs) You would say it's because of the culture in general. But no, the, each person on the NFL field has a specific, a specific weight type for their position. So often you'll see players at the line, which is the front usually where the center will be holding the ball, and they will be a lot larger and a lot stouter than other players. And the reason why is because they are there to block. They are there to push over the other player and often all they require is 10 to 15 seconds of actual energy required at each time and so with the NFL a lot of especially for linemen a lot of it is taught explosiveness and so that means a lot of upper body strength and often shocked me quite a lot that it requires a lot of butt strength as well so that's why you will see often a larger gentleman involved you will. So it starts at what is called a line of scrummage, where you will see, to boil it down into its rawest form, five very large gentlemen opposing another four or five very large gentlemen. And this is where a lot of people that start watching this great sport get a little bit confused. Ine has described what is, in effect, a big kind of clog. And it is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Players do this sport to push other people out of the way, yeah. like props in rugby. And other players on a defence are there to stop being pushed out of the way. A little bit like other props in rugby as well. But unlike props in rugby, they won't carry the ball themselves. The people that actually touch the ball, the people that make the headlines, get the credits, get the girls, get the supermodels, are the skill position players. And these plays are taking place with the assistance of the linemen on either side of the field to, in a sense, allow them to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, and we have two very good quarterbacks coming to London this year. Tom Brady, one of the most famous players in the sport, married to Giselle Butchen, the supermodel, and a very successful... Ugg salesman as well. Ugg salesman. Member of the New England Patriots is a quarterback. Sam Bradford, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. The Heisman Trophy is the trophy that is awarded to the best player in college football in the nation of America. He, he won that. He's another young quarterback that has a bright future in the game. 
they will use these linemen that Inia described to provide them with protection from mm-hmm. the opposing linemen to then make a decision of either throwing the ball to players on their team or handing the ball off to other players on their team to then run with the ball. You may be then asking, well, why do they run it sometimes and why do they pass it sometimes? Well, again, the different tactical phases of the game. There's more risk attached with throwing the ball to somebody because there's a chance you might throw it to a, a member of the opposition team mm-hmm. or someone on your team might drop it. Yep. As if you want to Google Terrell Owens or, <laughs> or Mike Wallace they, or Braylon Edwards, they may drop it. Yep. So sometimes you will run the ball because it's a lot simpler. You give it to another person who then runs it through the line. They're called a running back and they often do lots of that. Mm-hmm. And what the team is trying to do is try to pass the ball and run the ball with unpredictable ratios to try to, in a sense, deceive the opposition. Yeah. That's what makes this an extremely unpredictable and fast-moving sport. You don't necessarily know what a team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. They don't throw it 50, 60 yards down the field every time. Yeah. They don't try and run it through the middle every They're time. They're not West Ham. No. They're a mixture of West Ham and... And Barcelona, a little bit of tic-a-tac-a and a little bit of Route 1. Yeah, that's what adds to the game. So what both teams are trying to do is trying to get down the field. And the closest sport to the NFL when you want to boil it down is probably rugby league. Rugby league. In the way that in rugby league, you have six tackles to advance the ball to Mm. score. Now in rugby league, it's a little bit different. You have six tackles to score a try at the other end of the field. In American football, you have what are called four downs to get ten yards, hmm. and then you all stop. So it's a similar analogy. In rugby league, a player passes the ball back through his legs to another player. And they then have six tackles to go the whole way, and they kick. With American football, you have ten yards, and these are called downs. So to give an example, on a first down, you have to gain ten yards. If you gain five yards... You then go to second down and five. Mm-hmm. You have five to gain. If you then gain another three yards, it's third down and two. If you gain one more yard, it's fourth down and one. So it's diminishing distances to receive that ten yards. Then once you receive, once you gain that ten yards, you then get another set of four attempts to go down the field. How many attempts does it take to score a touchdown? Well, that generally depends. It can take as many as 15 attempts. It can take one, depending on how many plays you take and the yards that you want to take it. What people like to see is quick touchdowns and long touchdowns, but as Inye said, it's also a mixture. In the way that good soccer teams, such as a Barcelona, can not only score great goals, they can keep possession of the ball for long periods of time. Yeah. Thus starving their opposition the opportunity to score points. That's also another important factor of American football. So teams will be looking to be doing all sorts of plays to slowly and steadily control the ball, advance up the field and score touchdowns. Touchdowns in effect are when the ball is gone a ball goes over the goal line of the opposing team. You then receive six points for scoring a touchdown. A kick is then attempted after the touchdown, which is another point. If you can't get the ball into the end zone for a touchdown, but you can get it close enough 
and your downs expire, you're down at fourth down, and you need more yards than you think you're going to get, you can kick a field goal, which is three points. There's also another way of scoring a safety, which is two points, which is if one of your players gets tackled in his own end zone, that's two points. That very rarely happens. I say that, but it was the first thing that happened at this year's Super Bowl. One of the things that people have been asking me about in the lead-up to this game is why do the players wear pads? Okay. The players wear pads because the sport has evolved over the years in the way that it's got harder, quicker, faster, tougher. And the guys back in the start of last century started wearing their own primitive pads. Leather and... Leather. Spit. Yeah. Banana skin jock strap and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. And generally what happened was people started getting hit and hurt and they started developing additional equipment which became helmets, which became face guards and the equipment just evolved over time and <coughs> it's a frustrating thing to some people who may say, well, rugby players don't wear equipment. Well, if rugby had started with equipment many years ago and it had evolved into such, then people would be wearing it. It's just what happens in the sport. We've both played the game, and let's be honest, it does not, it's not helped, like, yes, okay, it protects us, but at the same time, it can be used as a weapon. It can. I'm not saying that the players out there are deliberately trying to hurt each other, but please don't have the assumption because, oh, rugby players, they play without padding, they're not as hard as these men here. Because believe me, the hits that can happen in the NFL are completely different than the hits that can happen in rugby. They can. It's, it's a different type of sport, and I think you need to appreciate the two sports. Martin Johnson, probably top three rugby player to ever be produced from this country winner of the World Cup, massive American football fan. He's been asked this in the media many times, and, and he just says, look, they're different sports with different skills, and you have to appreciate the both of them, and it's as simple as that. But these things are done for a reason. They are done to protect players. There's been lots of issues in the NFL in recent years with players hitting each other directly with their helmets. They're not allowed to do that anymore. That has been outlawed. Player safety is becoming more and more paramount with the NFL. Maybe we see a future without pads. Who knows? But for now, players wear lots of pads. So on Sunday... Yes. We have two teams. We have the Patriots and we have the Rams. Yes, we do. What are the players that the listeners out there should be looking out for? Okay, so we're going to find on Sunday, I would imagine, even though it is a home game for the St. Louis Rams... And that will be clear because there will be St. Louis Rams cheerleaders and St. Louis Rams guff all around the stadium. But the draw here are the New England Patriots. They are an extremely well-supported franchise Mm -hmm. due to the success that they've had over the past 15 years where they've been to five Super Bowls and they have won three of them. The players to watch out for on the offensive side, which again is the guys that are going to be having the ball trying to score points against the opposition on the New England Patriots are Tom Brady, as we mentioned, their quarterback, who is going to be throwing the ball a lot, potentially more than you would see with regular teams. He has two tight ends, which is quite unique to the New England Patriots. Nobody else does that. Mm-hmm. Who look like the big linemen that are in the middle of the field, but are faster and more nimble 
They are Rob Gronkowski, who, ahead of the game, if you aren't following on Twitter, Facebook, looking at his YouTube stuff, I would advise doing that. Great media personality. Yeah. Um, here we're throwing the ball to him and Aaron Hernandez, who are his two tight ends, a lot. He will also be throwing to Wes Welker, one of his wide receivers, and also to one of his wide receivers called Brandon Lloyd. He'll be throwing the ball a lot and expect lots of points from the New England Patriots. Now, for the Rams, yes, the home team, the team that we were christened the St. London Rams until they ditched us. Yep. Who do we have to look forward to on their team? Well, the St. Louis Rams have a quarterback, as you mentioned, Sam Bradford. He's not quite in the league of Tom Brady. They have a running back by the name of Stephen Jackson, number 39, who is quite injury-prone, but very fast, very powerful, capable of making very exciting plays. They have a couple of wide receivers, not quite in the, in the class of the New England Patriots, but also on their special teams, they have quite a special talent. His name is... Young Jeezy. Greg Zerline. A rookie kicker and a rookie, in case you want to know, is a, a first-year player straight out of college. Comes up. They have a brand-new kicker called Greg Zerline, who has been doing some amazing things, can kick the ball a hell of a long way. And I think, in London, you're going to see a lot of Greg Zerline. Definitely. The two defences do give up a lot of points, but the St. Louis Rams also have been responsible for lots of what are called turnovers. is where you intercept or recover fumbles from the opposing team and then take it back to the other team's end zone to score points. They've been responsible for lots of those, so we can expect to see that. I think what you're going to see is some points for New England, but a pretty close game. It is an away game for both teams, different surroundings for both teams, but both teams want to put on a show. I would say don't get too bogged down in the details that you don't necessarily know. Get involved in the atmosphere, get involved in the points, and just try to appreciate why the teams are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, if it's your first game, and you're a little bit nervous, you don't really know what to look out for, yep. I'm going to ask you two things, James. Sure. First of all, what phrase would you ask them to memorize so that they can sound like they know exactly what they're talking about? And B... What should they look out for on the field during the game? What phrase should they memorize? That is a great question. See, I was thinking maybe they could, if they, if they, if they can, if they say something. This is the phrase that I suggest that they should learn. New England's three tight end sets are wreaking havoc on the Rams' defense. That. Yes, that. Do you not think that if they said that to an NFL fan, the NFL fan would be like, "Hmm, it's interesting." That would be a good one. You know what? I would boil it down a little bit easier, and I would say, pick a team, pick a team you want to root for. Mm-hmm. Maybe even stick a couple of English pounds on that team, and when that team that you are following doesn't have the ball and are on defense there's a chant that you can memorize quite easily okay and it goes like this d fence d fence d fence d 
fence. As well as becoming popular in your certain block that you're sitting with, as Ilya says, in an intellectual level, you can get the party starter badge as well. Because yeah. this is another thing to mention. When your team is on offense, you will cheer when they are achieving plays and getting down the field. But generally, when they are coming up to the line of scrimmage, getting ready to play, it's not etiquette to make a noise. Mm-hmm. Keep it quiet. But when your team is on defense, you want to make as much noise as you can. I'll repeat. Defense. Defense. How would you spell this? Defense. I would spell it D. Four spiked lines next to each other with a diagonal line through. Okay. That's how I would spell it. This is good. Can this be achieved at another sport? Basketball, I think it can be achieved in. Mm Mm-hmm. But generally, it can only be achieved in when there is definite transitions. So not cricket? Not cricket. I also wouldn't advise doing it at your local soccer team okay. when it's when it's it's down into garbage time and the opposition's <laughs> winning loads and loads of corners and you've got 11 mine behind the ball, park the bus in front of it. I wouldn't involve doing that because okay. it's not... In a lot of sports, it's not a badge of honour yeah. for great defending. It, it's, it's something for disdain. Hmm. But... Yes, get behind your team, and I would say doing that. Okay. So, look, just a little bit of extra jargon busting. You know, we hope that this can help you maybe understand uh, a little bit more about the game on Sunday and just maybe enjoy it a little bit more. But if you've got questions, you want more stuff you want us to cover, more things you want us to talk about, then feel free to hit us up on Twitter at NLDN40, mm-hmm. on the Tumblr, northlondon40.tumblr.com, gmail northlondon40 at gmail.com and yeah just hope you have a great game on Sunday and really enjoy it and keep coming back next year and keep listening to the pods and keep following this great sport take care